0: Sky Blues Extra
2: Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast. I'm joined this evening by the familiar voice of Andrew Griasley and also a very special guest, the Kitman at Coventry City, Chris Marsh. Chris played over 450 games for Warsaw across a 13-year spell, scoring 23 goals. Chris retired from the game in 2003 and became the Coventry City Kitman in 2018. Chris, good evening, and a very special welcome to the Sky News Extra podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Good evening. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Um, we just want to take it right back to the start, really. Um, you know, were you a, were you a big football fan growing up?
3: Who did you who did you support as a kid? Well, my 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 granddad and my mom's dad um, played for West Brom in the 1930s. So uh, obviously, with that influence with the family, I was a, a West Brom fan, but Living in, born and bred in Wolverhampton, it's not, it's not wise to be an Albion <laughs> fan. So. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up as an Albion fan, obviously, because of family connections. But um, obviously, when you, you, you know, I was lucky to play for Warsaw and, and, and 16 onwards, you, you're involved in football every day. Obviously, you, you know, I always look out for Albion, even now I do, as yeah. in all my other old clubs, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I was a baggage fan as a kid, obviously, f- through the um, family connections. Yeah, were there any
2: um any sort of players you sort of followed or you tried to model yourself on as a as a kid?
3: Well it's, it's funny because the the era I watched them and followed them and, and went to all the games with my, my, my dad and granddad um was the Sil Regis era and mm. Derek Staben and Kentello, Tony God. I can name the side, is is it, you know it's unbelievable and he you put you uh, it. Do you? Yeah, late, yeah. Later on in in you know, I play for Warsaw, so Derek Stavem actually come to a um, Warsaw, the latter end of his career, um, and that, he he could be, become a good friend. He's still a good friend. He, he lives in Spain now. I so still keep in touch with him. But yeah, it's amazing that you, you you follow a team. I'm lucky enough to get involved in football, and later on, your hero becomes a friend.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and I've got the first of probably a few kind of cliche kit man questions here um, tonight. Um, Did you have a favourite kit growing up? Because I know, you know, people collect kits and sometimes they have a European team or maybe even an international kit that they kind of loved as a kid. Did you have one, Chris?
3: Well, do you know, again, going back to the Albion connection, um, I used to love it. You're you're probably too young, Tom, but I I love the green and yellow kit. Anyone Albion fan, I can have a look at it. And it was that proper retro shirt and WBA on it. Mm. I think that was sponsored by BSR or something at the time, but it, it was amazing as a kid growing up watching it and watching my heroes. You know what I mean? So it was, it was great, and it's, it's amazing. Isn't it? Any ask any kid to look back in history, and they always remember the retro kit they were wearing for the team they supported. You know, so yeah, it was that greeny yellow for West Brom. That as a kid I grew up and watched, and uh, you know, watching my idols. You know, it was great. Mm. Yeah, and they've—I think they've done a remake
2: of that kit, haven't they? Recently, it's proved very popular.
3: Yeah, been I mean, for the old ones like myself, it, it's probably not um, what I still remember it as. You know, I mean, it's not the—it's the thicker, it's the thicker mm. and everything. But you only remember that if you're passionate about it and, and love it. So. <laughs> but it's still the right colour. I think the green and white was lovely. you know what I mean? So it's—it's it's maybe something that stuck with me in my memory and, and, and growing up certainly. Um, that was my favourite kid from the album as mm-hmm. a kid.
4: You spent the majority of your career at Walsall. Uh, the Saddlers uh, played, obviously, what Tom said earlier, over 400 games for them. Um, talk us through the beginning of your career, Chris. Nah. Yeah,
3: 471 games, 30 goals, by the way. But anyway. Wow. Um- <laughs> Amazing. Class, <laughs> nah, sorry about that. I must, I got quite a couple
2: of the stats wrong there, but you know, I
3: would, I would relying go.
2: on the, the old internet, which isn't poor, poor research, yeah.
3: I,
4: <laughs>
3: no, I apologize. No, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was strange. It come because these days you look at academy players and mm. uh, and uh, you know, they pick them up at nine, 10, 11, you know, something. I've got my opinion on that, but you know, my old school days was they. I played for the county, West Midlands County, and yep. I a scout from, um, funny enough, ironically, w- was Coventry and Warsaw spotted me at 14. Now, them days, they would sign you as a schoolboy. So you'd, you'd sign forms which would tie you down to the club at 14 to 16, but you, at 16, you were free to sign for whoever you wanted. So I signed for Walsall. I was playing for the West Midlands County against someone in light in the black country, you know, the, the back door of where I was born and bred. Um, played well steve josby's name and i'm still keeping contact with him today brilliant and um, me for warsaw when i come to 16 and i played a few reserve games at 15 and uh, there's a bit of interest there's lip villa interested uh, coventry funny enough and, and warsaw and i had the pick of the three to sign for and they, my logic at the time was you know villa big side Coventry was a Bigger side than, you know, still, you know, big side now, but bigger side than Warsaw. Mm-hmm. Also, are the lesser of the three. But I thought, you know, I'm not doubting my ability, but I thought that if I play for Warsaw now at 16, I've got a better chance of being in that first team
0: yeah. other
3: than, you know, if I went to Villa or Coff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: and he proved right. He proved right. I, You know, I signed, did okay. I made my debut 17 for Warsaw. So, it, it, Proven right, you you do look back and think, well, you know what? If I'd uh, made a little bit of gamble and I'd, I signed for Villa, mm-hmm. we were Premiership or Division One then, uh, and carve uh, and, and the better, better side by you know than Walsall, but If I'd got in and done well and progressed, I'd you know had a better career. But you know what? I had a good career. I had eighteen years of it. I was in Championship for a few years with Walsall. So you know, no regrets. I, I made the decision. I thought it was the right decision. And I, I had a whale of a time, eighteen
4: years and it he was great. And you played quite a few versatile positions. Uh which was your favourite, Chris? Well, you know what, when you when you're younger, you're a winger. And I had a little bit of success at being a winger. Yeah.
3: Uh, but it's, it's it's funny Ray and coming and he says, I see you as a fullback, but I, I was I was twenty eight, twenty nine. Mm-hmm. always said, you you get to thirty, your legs are going. So yeah. it was I was getting older. He said, listen, you know, being a winger, you know what the wingers do, their tricks and trade. And I mm. think you'd be a good fullback. And I, and I reverted back to there. Um, not really fancying it, to be fair. But I had a, a lot of success and mm. got another promotion under Ray Graydon. Um So I was comfortable at fullback. But looking back, I was younger, I know. Winger was maybe my my, my best position. Definitely a midfielder involved with the play because I like to fancy myself as a bit of a player. I could play a little bit, uh, yeah. which, I tell, which I tell the Coventry lads every day. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. So, yeah, I, I'd say my best position for me was, was a winger. But we're reverting back to my, my younger days, but definitely involved in trying to make something happen and create goals and, and whatever. But, so I'd, I'd definitely say a winger, left mm. or right. And something
2: that our listeners may not actually know is that you actually played with, um, with Mark Robbins and Adi Vivash um, at yeah. Warsaw. And um, what were Mark and Aidy like as players on the pitch, and also what were they like as lads off it? You know, were you were you close friends? I was close
3: with with, with Vivash only because he, you know, we played for f- I think five and a half years. We played together, and mm. uh, we were close on and off the field. So me and Viv uh, were really close. And um, Mark come and like, he, well, I got to call him Gaffer now. And I, so I just, <laughs> he made that note. You know, like the first day I went there. Um, which we'll come on to. But he said to me, he said, mate, he said, he said it's Gaffer now. I went, yeah, all right, all right, Robbo, because I knew him as Robbo. And he goes, no, 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 no. It, 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 it's Gaffer. I went, yeah, okay, Robbo, yeah. He went, no, no, it's Gaffer, it's Gaffer. <laughs> so it was strange calling him Gaffer, which we'll yeah. come on to after. Yeah, Gaffer, <clears throat> listen, he come, he come from, I think he went, he was in Spain. He come back from Spain and come to Warsaw. Mm. Um and he was only with us for a season. And listen, when he comes in the dressing room, he's ex man United. we all know who Mark Robbins is. Mm. So, you know, he, he was a big lift to us because he's a goal scorer. Um, the only thing I think we, 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 with the gaffer was that he played in a very, no, no, not, not, a poor, not a poor side, an average side. that We were struggling. We went up to the Championship we were, and, and we were struggling to stay in the Championship. So, you know, creating goals was a, was a different story, but... Um, Gaffer is what he is, um, straight as a die, mm. says as it is, and that's how he, he does his work. Now, behind him is Karen, who is his lovely wife. She's lovely. Uh, she's a driving force with him. She is lovely. She was involved with the day-to-day things, with setting up things for the lads when he's at war, so she's lovely. But Ma- Mark is what he is. He, he's the gaffer. Vivash, as I say, had a lot to do with, with, with Viv, for five and a half years. He was always behind us and uh, he was a leader. He was a leader. Mm. He was, he was he's, you know, his coaching says so a lot for himself. You know, he went to Chelsea, yeah. won two FA Youth Cups, two European Cups. I don't think that's ever been done. Uh, yeah. Massive pedigree. Uh, I think it was a great move by, um, I call him the gaffer, not Robbo, uh, <laughs> to bring him. Um, great, great shout by him. Great shout yeah. by him. And Brian. I think, both of them work very, very well. Are they best friends? Maybe not. Maybe not. But I thought them relationships always work, don't they? Because Viv yeah. will tell the gaffer if he's wrong uh, uh, and, and vice versa. Certainly Mark will tell him. So I think it works a treat. And I think it's no coincidence that, you know, Viv's come in and done so well uh, helping the gaffer. Um, and the gaffer's work was already printed on the club anyway, so um, we'll come on to it in a bit, I think. But you yeah, know, this season, this season has been a dream. It's been mm.
2: a dream. It really has, <laughs> absolutely has. Um, and have you got any any stories for our listeners about about Mark O'Reilly from the from the Warsaw days? Maybe um, anything that happened on a night out or anything like that back in the day. Back in the day, I,
3: I, I think I think I think we mark Mark. Mark, or Gaffer, shall we say, was always... I think he was destined to be a manager. I do. And he was always, you know, very straightforward, straight-laced, straight, la- straight laced if you want. And, and like I say, I only knew him for a year, but um, he, was, he was he was, brilliant. I got on with, I got on with him really well, and we'll come on to it, I think, how I got the job. And that's true. It's, it's true, Robbo. So that's cool. With Viv, obviously, I've had a few nights out with him. We've had a right few nights, and um, he don't mind, you know me saying and he, there's, there's a few things we was in air in Scotland we've, we've also we'd gone on tour and one thing that stood out for me with Viv was that he's always a leader and we'd gone out and the curfew was midnight midnight and Viv to be fair was, was ready to go back at midnight but he got saw the lads there's 15 of us and young lads as well he's thinking listen we, I've got to gather you up I've got, I've got to get you back and and it was two weeks wages if you too late so <laughs> what stood out for me the leader in him was like gathering everyone together and said, No, we gotta go. Well, midnight went, it was two o'clock. And he 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 literally <laughs> did, he did not want to be there, but fair dudes, he gathered us up. We walked through the hotel foyer, two o'clock, uh, and the gaffer's there Ray. Right, right? He said, You're done. Two weeks' wage, all here. I'll see you <laughs> tomorrow. So we 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 were, we we went down the foyer the next day and I'm thinking he lined us up like naughty school kids. He's like, right. Two weeks wages. Two weeks. And I'm, I said, Gaffer, listen, to be fair, Viv, he didn't want to be there. And he like, and Viv said, no, 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 no. It's a team game. We, we're in this together. We're in this together. So I was like, no, 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 no. So he did, he did us two weeks wages. But Viv, who didn't want to be there, but rounded us up, took us back. I thought it was a great gesture. And that probably sums him up. He mm. sums him up. Um, he's a leader, respected. Um, we could go on forever, mate, with stories, but but he probably won't let me say. But yeah, five and a half years He's uh he's great. I remember being in Tenerife, um, uh, and I ain't rung my wife for five days. And then he went and he was close <laughs> to my wife as well. He went, mate, you've got a ringer, you've got a ringer. Serious. So he he took me to the phone box, plodded me up, rung the number, put the phone against my ear, and went, You better ring her, you better say you're right. So i like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm okay, yeah, and put the phone down. But he's just a lead all the way around, and, and he, his record speaks for himself. And I just thought, this year, the whole lot of this clicked. The whole lot yeah. was fantastic. Mm. Uh, by the way, you don't, you don't get there by luck. You know, we've got some good players. We've got yeah. some real – I think the recruitment has been outstanding. Mm. I, I do. I do. Mm. It's been mm. an absolute joy.
4: We'll obviously come on to your role at the Sky Blues Kitman shortly. But what did you do between retiring in 2003 and taking the Sky Blues Kitman role?
3: Well, you you know, there's a lot of it. uh, You look at it now, you know, with mental health and all that. I mean, Mm. I've looked into it because... What what do you do with a footballer when you when you when you pack up? And I was one of them. I wasn't in in dreamland where I thought my my career will always go on forever and I'll always earn all all right money, or decent money. and yeah. um, I knew it was coming to an end. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know. I didn't think anything different. But you know, you look at it now. The mental side of it. It's like financial. You know, I got divorced, which cost me a few bob. And I think I had. Um, a survey out and I think seventy five to eighty percent of ex footballers when they come out of football they get divorced. So is that side of it? Is that side of it? And and you know just think silly things like being loved one minute someone wants your autograph and the next they don't. Um, yeah, certainly everything done for you. I mean I come out of football and I, I actually didn't know how to book a dentist, a doctors, because mm. autophot <laughs> certainly couldn't certainly couldn't um, book a, a flight or a holiday. No, no, no. Just, just, you know, just everything about it. And it might seem stupid to some people, but it's a massive thing. And that's where I think the mental health, which the PFA have done really well, they're looking into these things. Mm. Uh, and I think it needs uh, addressing to it, to it, to it, to, to a certain bit. So, what you do, you come out. And I, I went. Um, I opened a couple of businesses. I had a sandwich shop. Yeah. Um, then I, I invested in a restaurant, don't ask me why, but it was a business partner of mine. I uh, lost a few bob in that. Uh, I went um, coaching in Australia, um, America. Uh, things you kind of do when you're a footballer who don't really know what to do <laughs> after, yeah. after football. It's it, it, and it, you know, it's a, it's a long-going, it's a problem, it's a problem, it's a mm. problem. Um, Thankfully, I met my wife today, who's been a sal- salvation for me. You've been, been mm. brilliant. And, 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 you know, don't mind me saying, she kept me going for a few years. So it's hard. The, the, the message I get out there, it's re- when you come out of football, it's really, really hard. People think you just earn good money. Listen, unless you're top, top premiership footballers who don't have to ever, ever, unless they've got a gambling problem, ever, yeah. ever have to The majority, 80% of footballers will have to work and and it's adjusting to life after football to try and earn a living and keep your family going and it's hard. hard.
4: Yeah, it's a massive change, isn't it? And I I think the PFA, like you said, Chris, they do a great job these days. But I think back in, obviously, when you packed up and back in the 90s and early 2000s, it was obviously... Maybe not looked as as much as it is now. Uh, looking after players after they retired. Do you think? One
3: hundred percent.
4: It was. it was. You know. The,
3: the, this this word mental health comes out now, and I'll be honest with you. Back in my day, I'd be like, "What? Wait, wait. What's that?" I, I ain't yeah. got it. But looking back, I probably su- suffered from it. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. it, it, it's out there. Not you applaud the PFA and every. You know, society bit of it coming out. You do you you, you applaud it, and it it needs addressing. Like because as we said, unless you're the top ten percent of a Premiership footballer, you're working again. By the way, you're working. Yeah. So it's about the best of your life after football. Um, don't expect a pat on the back. Don't want people to feel sorry for people because you've earned. Listen, when you go out of this world, all you've got is memories. And I've got plenty of them, and I love them. And if you want to look at memories, go under the cost Jimmy Walker's interview about <laughs> past women. Yeah. yeah. Plenty, plenty of memories, and that's what you've got, and I love that. But it is is, it, it is something we've got to address. It, it is, and I talk to – one thing about my job now, I like look trying to look after the youngsters and mm. how some of my house, and you're trying to give them a little bit of advice, wherever they take it, it's, it's up to them, but, you know, ain't yeah. will say to them, ain't nothing you can do now, I ain't done, I've done it, believe you yeah. me, I've done but this is the way to go, it's the best job in the world, forget anyone else, better than the President of the United States, but they ain't so good at the moment. but <laughs> yeah, it's the best job in the world, being a professional footballer is the best job, and you've got to make the living and that's why I'm try, just trying to help them, trying to help him. It's, it's a fantastic job. And, you know, the season we've had has been unbelievable. And you couldn't wish to meet a better bunch of lads.
4: Yeah, some memories. Um, so how did you come about to man Kitman with the Sky Blues? I know you touched on it earlier, Chris, that uh, Robbo, shall we say, or Gaffer, uh, <laughs> was uh, the main driving force behind it. So how did it come about, uh, Chris? Well, it was, like I said, I... I come out of football and a sandwich business,
3: restaurant, and I went yeah. on coaching, Australian, and I got involved the in car business, and then in the end of the day, I took my um, HGV license because, like I said, I, I, I eventually i had done all right. I've done okay, so I have to, I have to, you know, make ends meet. I have to go out, and I took my HGV license and earned good money doing that. And I always remember, it was it was uh, 2016 um, driving come back. And you know that old-school flu, you know when you ache all over? You yeah. ache all over and, and you, you're puking. And it was, yeah. it was Christmas time. So I said to the missus, oh, I've got I've got flu. I'm old-school flu. I, I'm aching. I'm puking. I, I need to go to bed. But yeah, yeah. I'd gone to bed and I couldn't wake up for two or three days. Um, and that's no exaggeration. And the, the bit that really it was my, my wife was giving me water and I couldn't retain it. We mm-hmm. have got a problem you're puking up water so she goes right we're going down the um, walk-in clinic in Coventry because we we live um, Kenilworth yeah so we've we gone to walk-in clinic and I walked in and we still laugh at, well don't laugh about it but I, thought, I think they thought I was a Christmas drunk because I was I was puking as we went to the counter uh, couldn't hardly stand up um, and they said it's a four hour wait and at that said to my wife she said, I, I, we're going she said, where are you going so i've gone back in the car I said you just got to drive me home i need to sleep she said no and the irish in her and the fiery side of her she said no 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 she thankfully she went in i mean literally kicked doors in <laughs> literally said, you've got you've got to take whatever you got to do you've got to Sorting so they took my blood pressure, and if anyone knows anything about high blood pressure, it was 290 over 190, which is horrendous. Yeah. So they whoa, 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 whoa. So they blue lighted me to the Wolves' grave and had a scan. and Um, um, I was bleeding from the bl- brain, bad, bad. So, long story, I cut it short, I was in there nine days, got treated, brilliant, brilliant. But after seven days, when I was more coherent and especially jumped on my bed. And he just said, um, Chris, I've heard the story. I've heard your wife's story. I've heard everything. Um, I- I'll categorically say to you after speaking to your wife is that I heard the story and if she never kicked up a fuss, I'm telling you, you'd gone to bed that night. If you'd have drove home and gone to bed, you would not have woke up. Fat. You're mm. gone. So, whoa, 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 whoa. so the hemorrhage kind of woke me up a little bit, but the after fix of that was I lost my um, HTV licence. Mm. So I'm living in Bubbano, if anyone knows Coventry, he's literally down the road from um, mm. Coventry, you know, call that Fate or whatever, uh, from Wrighton. Mm. Um, vivashi who always been a good friend of mine, he rings me, he goes, where are you? I said, Bubbano, he went, wow, he's down the road, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're looking for a kit, man. Um, but I'll be in touch. A lot, and I didn't think anything of it. I went to Turkey on holiday. Funny enough, with the missus as, as celebration of being better, and I had a phone call in Turkey saying, "When you're back, do you want the job?" Gaffer Bobo wants to wants to see you. So yeah, it just come out of that. It come out of that, and the fact that I couldn't work, couldn't go back to what I was used to. and um, So it was a blessing. It was a massive blessing. Wanted to get back involved in football. And, you know, I'll I'll always be grateful for Robbo and V for giving me that opportunity to get back Mm. involved. That's brilliant. And um, your
2: first game in charge of the CCFC kit was actually at your old club, Warsaw, for an FA Cup game. Um, Just interested to hear about what that was like going back there for your first game. And I suppose you didn't have to worry too much about packing the wrong kit with, with Warsaw playing in red.
3: Yeah, it was unbelievable. Wasn't it? You talk about you know unbelievable that that it was that, and it mm. was amazing because um, because it was it was quick. I'd come back from off holiday, and it was it, I I never even told anyone if you like, I just just got on with it, and then and then on the Saturday, the the uh, kit man at Warsaw, Tom Bradley, uh, who's been there donkeys years. He was there when I was there. I mean, that's how long oh. that is. I, I I went in. and I went come here often, mate. <laughs> He's, like, do wow, what you doing are you doing? What are you doing? So I was like, Wow, 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 so he was good it was it, it was strange because again, it's a new job, it's a new job mm. I down corridor uh, with my photo on the tunnel by the way yeah, wow, <laughs> uh, it was whoa whoa It yeah it was surreal really, but he was quick he was i i if if I was honest i'd I'd rather it had come three four weeks later, and then I could maybe appreciate it, but he so he was so quick and Always had a good reception. Dean Keats, who I know anyway, he used to clean my boots um, and he was the manager at the time. He used to clean my boots all of them years ago and he cleaned them really bad as well. So um, I told him after we was in the bar after we could catch up with the game but um, all good times, mate. It was surreal. It was good. It come quick. Um, it was excellent. It was excellent. All
2: good apart from the result on the day for the Sky News.
3: It was. It, it was. And you know what? Now listen, I'm also through and through as in you know, you don't play nearly 500 games. So if you ain't got affection of course, for, them. yeah, yeah. But it uh, it was surreal because <laughs> we are sitting down the bench and uh, getting abused. They didn't. They, I don't even recognise me. Not as though that makes a massive difference. But uh, I'm 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 all in. I'm at Coventry. I want Coventry to win, and I'm involved with Coventry. And as times progressed, two years, nearly two two years after, I, I you know I love breathe and eat Coventry at the moment, especially the players. Some affection for him so. But even my first day with, Walsall fans slagging Carvo, you know, I took a little, not a little bit of offence, but you know, I want Coventry to win, and that's yeah. that's what you do when you're ex-footballer. That that winning mentality doesn't leave you. um So it was surreal, actually, to be fair, but it it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Yeah.
2: And um I've always been fascinated by this um, in terms of what sort of a match day looks like for a kit man so Chris talk us through what you know what is a typical match day for you what are you kind of responsible for from start to finish
3: well, what, what, what you got you got the kits decided which we'll come on to after I think but we, mm. we, you know that's decided and then, then you pack it and it's, it's <laughs> like paranoia yeah you make sure if, 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 I'll get I'll 18 people to check it I do I do the team the team you're you, you giving a squad on a Friday, you pack that's the main priority is the kit. I know that sounds really stupid, but you are just paranoid. And then it's the little bits in between, like uh, certain players will want certain things. Mm. Um, I want the shin pad, I don't want that shin pad, I want this. And it, 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 it it's un- unreal. That the, That's the bit that really, Um, I, I don't really, I like to think my wife says to me, I don't get stressed. I like to think that, but. <laughs> Things playing in your mind, you know. Callum air wants this shin pad or he wants his stock, and, and they're just the little bits that, that matter because listen, we all always there. Myself, you're superstition, superstition. Yeah. And then Matty and wore a pair of socks. Um, uh, this season, he scored, you know, the two hat tricks,
2: yeah,
3: he scored two hat hat-trick, back to back hat tricks, and he yeah. wore the same socks. <sighs> so I had to make sure to the rest of the season he wore them socks. So, wow, you know. We we're not we're not talking divas here. We're talking just superstition. That's mad. They're lads. So it's, it's it's the finer detail that 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 kind of um, you have to be careful of. Do you know what I mean? Because if you forget that pair of socks, Matty Goddard's the nicest man in the world. Matty Goddard would go, "Not a problem, are she? Not a problem." But it's a problem for me. It's a problem for mm. me. Um, so there, the there may be the little stressful things that that that's in between packing things.
0: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
4: what's the most rewarding part of the of your role, Chris? Uh, I know you touched on it earlier regarding trying to uh get younger players under your wing and and bring them through. Is that kind of the thing that's the most rewarding thing or is it something else it is it is it is I house um
3: someone in the part of my house i i I house some of the younger lads um oh yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, we have I got? Them? I've got um, Joe Newton, um, Morgan Williams this year. And,
4: oh, yeah,
3: Morgan, yeah. Yeah, and Dave Bramang. So you just mm. try and help them. You just try, listen, we all have bad days at work, bad days at the office, and, and they just trying to bring them through and just trying to advise them a little bit. You know, you, mm. you forget... 17, 18, 19, 20, you forget they're young. You forget, you forget they're young. So you try and give them a little bit of – that side of it, I really, really enjoy. I mm. Because at the end of the day, I was uh, – which I tell them every day all the lads, but 18 years professional and I played Championship 1 and 2. And like, the reason I say that, that's not trying to blow my trumpet. I'm just trying to say, listen, if I can pass advice onto your will and mm. gladly, you know what I mean? In fact, I'm taking the mick out myself and I joke about it. I'm taking the mick, but I thoroughly, thoroughly take a lot of pleasure out of trying to help him. out of trying to help him. we got, you know, the young lads at the moment, Will Romang, Johnny Naganda. We've got a good mm. kid as well, Aaron Evans, um, Harriot, who's a good player. Yes. So all these kids coming through, all these kids coming through, yeah, the life and soul of Coventry. You look at what...
4: um past years you could maybe tell me more than me yeah people Madison, like James James Madison and yeah, yeah people like that yeah Sam McCallum who's Sam McCallum who's the nicest man yeah. you know all them that that's
3: that's what you you know you have to breed you have to come through they have to be good and you sell them you know you're talking massive amounts of money and mm-hmm. that's about, and and also as a coach or, or manager or whatever a kit man whatever yeah, yeah. it's a big big Um, satisfaction to seeing these kids come through and just trying to help them along the way because like I say to them best job in the world it's the only job (laughs) it's the best job in the world you could be a multi-millionaire you you could be that top 10% and earn a lot of money
4: yeah
3: all your life and it's great you know no one wishes them better than me I'll go on to success and be brilliant so you know there's a lot of I enjoy that I enjoy that part of the job
4: yeah and uh, have you ever messed up the, the kit, uh, Chris? Have you ever took, like, the wrong strip or...? Well, uh, do you know what, mate? Do you know what? Uh, no, and I'm touching wood here.
3: Because <laughs> I'm paranoid. I, have, I've, I think I've, I've been here nearly two years, come November, so I think I, I might have missed, um, I don't know, uh, a scoreboard or uh, the odd thing. Well, thank yeah. God I haven't missed a shirt and that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Missing a shirt, um, and it, God forbid you go to anyone, especially Sunderland or whatever, and, and they, they've all got printing machines there as well. So we all we all have like blood shirts. So a, a blank shirt will be in in, in in always in the skip. So mm. you've always got the sh- a blank shirt. So worst scenario, I'm going to use Bakioko as an example. Yeah, stock shirt. You could go to the opposing team and say, "Right, well, I know you've got a printer here. I know you have. Uh, okay. And they've got the same numbers and, and letters because it's um, EFL uh, mm. rules. You could print something up in two seconds. But will they <laughs> but Will they let you? That's the problem. Sunderland probably um, wouldn't, would they? No, no. <laughs> I, I, we've come across it. No, no, they won't help you. They won't help you. Uh, and i get that. I get it to a degree. But thankfully, touching what here. I've never forgot the the most important. You've jinxed me now, haven't you? You've jinxed me. I have, haven't I? Don't
4: know, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. But if uh, you did, uh, these current crop of players, who's the first one wouldn't let you know about it?
3: Do you know what? And people might say I'm only sticking up for them. But honestly, <laughs> what a bunch. What yeah. a Honestly, honestly. Yeah, they,
4: they look a tight uh, tight knit bunch.
3: And I think that's why they've, they, they've done what they've done this season. I think Ooh. they're. Good lads. These are the one, and I'm going back to our old school here. And I'm gonna go back to AD Voivash. Is that our days? Warsaw, we, we went up from um I'm gonna say division three to the champ to, to division two, so over the championship, division one. Yeah. And um, we were favourites to go down that year, and we went up with Fulham and Man City, if you remember, uh, went to the mm-hmm. playoffs and uh, did go Dick scored, yeah. yeah. So we made them go to the playoffs. You know, they went up in the end for fair dues. But we went up second to Fulham. It, achievement and a half. It was unbelievable. But what got us there was our team spirit.
0: Yeah.
3: Individually, if you look at our talent against everyone else that season, not a chance. Not a chance. Mm. Collectively, camaraderie, fighting for each other all day long. And that's what got us up. I'm not uh, – the bunch of lads we got now gone in the championship, which is a strong – Championship, by the way. Very, mm. very, very strong. Mm. They've got more talent than what we had in that side. Definitely, definitely. So I'm not saying they have to fight for everything to make it, but it's going to be a difficult year. But do you know what? They've got that old school mentality where I think they'll group together and, and they'll fight for each other. And I I'll, I'll think, well, superstition again, we'll, well, I think we'll be okay. We'll be okay.
0: Mm. It's
3: like a, an old manager of ours at the moment, Chris Nichol, ex Villa, Southampton, yeah. he's got dementia. Um, all our old school boys, me, Viv, and a few other lads have chipped in for a watch for him um, because he goes walkabouts with dementia, he do not know where he is. Mm-hmm. So we've got a tracker watch, the PFA, to be fair, have been involved as well. So um, you'd like to think, uh, we did that because that's what, the right thing to do, and it's old school. Mm-hmm. What well, You'd like to think, I think this bunch of lads would do the same to, yeah. <laughs> i say Mark Robbins would have dementia. <laughs> but yeah. that mentality and that togetherness mm. is squad, and I think that will drive us on for next season. I really do. Yeah. And I just, I'm talking to you guys. I really do. I really do. And it, it's that old school mentality, and it's, it's a joy to see with the lads. They, they're such a great bunch. Yeah. But let's not, when I was in the job, 2018, the bunch were great then as well. There, there was, a, mm. they were, a, they were a good team. They were a good team. Yeah, it's great. good to hear
2: that because I think as fans we we feel that, but obviously we're just seeing it from the outside. We only see the players, you know, on a Saturday yeah. afternoon or a Tuesday night on the pitch. So it's quite nice to sort of hear from someone who's in there every day, you know, hearing all the conversations, seeing that camaraderie. That it, that that is the case. It's very yeah. very good to hear that.
3: Well, if you look at the team when I first come, you got what? what? Virgin Goal, um, Jack Grimmer, great mm. lad. Davis, Hoyam, obviously. Jordan Willis, great lad. You know, was it Brendan Mason? Junior Brown, obviously, didn't work out for Junior, who was a great lad. Luke Thomas, yeah. um, uh, Tom um, Bayliss, yeah. uh, Bright, Brighty, which you'll come on to. Yeah, he'll um, come on to him in a little while, yeah. <laughs> a a wooler who. I know he's been released by us. I thought he was exceptional last
0: year. Mm.
3: He was brilliant. And then obviously Conor Chaplin and Clark Harris and Bakker and that. So when I first came, the team was fantastic, fantastic. And I actually thought, how can you improve? I I have to admit, I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, this this team's decent. But the recruitment in the summer and turning things around, you have to take your hat off. I, I thought it was a massive turnaround. And, and and what a success! What a success!
2: Yeah, I guess yeah. it's Sort of, Robin's um, you know not not sort of settling for what he's got and always saying right. I, I can actually get a better left back and get a better right back, and he's going out and finding them. You know, fair play to him.
3: Now, fair dues. You you were what, what you looking at Marco, Burge. I love Burge. Mm. Sunderland, brilliant, and Jordan. Jordan was fantastic. But then you've gone. He's gone out what, and got. Marco Ben Wilson, great, great backup, by the yeah. way, as well. Mm-hmm. But Marco's season's been unbelievable. Yeah, it's been you look at Dabo, Jack Grumart is an excellent fullback. He's an excellent fullback. So for whatever reason, he's gone, and he's replaced him with Dabo. And Dabo's been a sensation. I mean, Dabo's been brilliant. I oh, he's player the season, hasn't he mm. all day. Been yeah. I agree. Then you got Rosie um. McFadden, the old school, the old head, uh, been brilliant. Um, Hoyamu's been brilliant anyway. And then Sam McCallum's a success on that side. And then um, who we got? We got Walsh. For me, Liam Walsh, our best player. Technically, mm. outstanding. Outstanding. So he's, he's there with Liam Kelly. And then you got Shippers, who, to me, un- underestimate, not, not by the fans. Not by the fans. I just think. Jordan's been around a little bit. And because he's come for the academy, he's like, oh, Shippers. I, I think Shippers is an outstanding player by the way. Yeah. I think Shippers is brilliant. He, he's he been superb. And and then with the competition in the midfield, with Zane Westbrook at the start of the season, excellent, excellent. Then you, you took Callum O'Hare in the mix. I mean, what a midfield. What a mm, midfield. Yeah. So, it's been an absolute joy to watch. And then obviously Matty Godden's come in, firing on all cylinders. Great guy as well, great guy. I just think, yeah, you're right. The turnaround, and maybe the Bulls to say, you know what, I'm going to turn it around. We've had a half decent season. I'm going to turn it around. This is what we're going to do. And I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to blow smoke up, um, um <laughs> asked, But it, it, it has been really good. The crewman, you know, him and Adi have been nothing but outstanding. To be fair, to be mm. fair. Yeah, I'll see.
0: Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: And um, something you slightly touched on there with Bright and Bakari, um, Just want to um, cover this off because I've listened to other podcasts where they they speak to the yeah. kit man. And it struck me that at times the kit man has to sort of almost mother the players a little bit. Um and I was just keen to sort of find out who, who the most needy player you'd, you'd kind of worked with. And, and I don't know why, I just came up with a hypothesis that Brighton and Bakari perhaps might have been a little bit needy and perhaps a bit of a princess, but, but you know, happy to be proved wrong if not
3: yeah well, you know what you you touch you're probably a little bit right, um all the lads never needed, to be fair. I think they go out the way these days to be polite <laughs> or or not I'm here to upset me, not a problem, but I think the lads have been brilliant the The thing with brighty one thing I will say for him is that uh never caused me a problem, never caused me a problem at all, but one thing i say i think, and this is an old pro watching him, I think his training was. Not great. I don't think he trained brilliant. Mm. Uh, I thought Mark Robbins and Aidy Voivash treated him brilliantly, probably let him off with a few things, which he maybe other pros wouldn't have got away with, a little bit of lateness maybe. Can I miss training, but I'll do a double session. I thought Mark Robbins and Viv were great. Mm. Stick the arm around him. But what you get for letting him off a little bit was on match day, he performed. I mm. thought exception. he did things in training, well, especially match days. I remember I remember Plymouth away, he pretended to like kneel on the ball and the boy came and he nutmegged him and he was, I'm thinking, wow, wow. So I'm all for them maverick people, mm-hmm. the ones that turn a game on a sixpence and give you something. I'm a big fan of um, Brighty and Mark Robbins' and AD Vive, Some managers don't take them characters Mm. by letting them off, but by giving them a little cuddle uh, and being on his side. And the lads loved him. That was the best. (laughs) They loved him.
0: So
3: you'd get the best out of Brighty by loving him. And listen, I don't know where he's – he was at Wigan 1E and I don't know, he wanted to come back, whatever. But he knew, I think, literally, I think he went there I'm not going to say anything about Wigan. I'm not. I'm not into that. But I actually thought thought he went away from Coventry and done whatever. And I actually thought he missed the treatment he got, yeah. and the lads loved him. And I think he missed that. I don't know where is he now. Is he? He, he, he got it's a A uh, Aek Athens, race. I think. Yeah. 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 His home was Coventry, honestly, and he because mm. he was. Um, not getting into the money side of it. I don't know what he's on, whatever, but the the fact that if you play week in, week out for me, you're back in the shop window and you can go. If you're, if you're good enough to be premiership, someone will come and get you. Yeah. We we Brighty, he was thoroughly loved. And I have to take my hat off to uh, Robbo and Viv, because I thought they treated him brilliantly. Mm. Don't get me wrong. If After all that treatment, he didn't, pre- he didn't uh, perform on a, on a Saturday. They'd have come on him like a ton of bricks. Mm. They, what which switches to switch, what buttons to press, and what to do to get about him. And I think bright, he brought looks at his career now. He played his best football at at mm. Yeah, he did.
4: And when you arrived in two thousand and eighteen, uh, Chris, um, what did you think of this standard uh, of the squad that Mark Robbins had assembled?
3: Like I said I I, I, I thought he was excellent. I thought all mm. oh, good good player. We we kind of missed out on the playoffs, didn't we? He was kind of yeah. We we're up against it. I think did we get to Donny last game or something? We needed uh, yeah. To throw away. Mm. it. Yeah. It probably wasn't gonna happen. We knew that, I think. Mm. I, think.
0: Yeah.
3: I actually thought like you like you touched on Andy and Tom. You, you actually said is that you know he took some balls in the summer of turn around and go, you know what? I'm getting yeah. rid of him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it. And it, it was a great move. The recruitment by Rob and Viv and also Chris Badlam, who's involved with that, I think he has been exceptional. Yeah, yes. Uh, mm. I have to look at I have to look at Liam Walsh, who's my favourite player. Great mm. lad. Here. I think he's he's gone back to Bristol City obviously. Yeah,
4: he's, uh, he's he's a he, player. He's a player. Yeah, cool. he play he plays on the uh, swivel, doesn't he? He plays on like the music desks. He can see it all around him, can't he? And uh cool. no, he's a fantastic player. He's uh he's definitely uh, obviously well he'll go back to Bristol City and play championship next season and yeah,
3: yeah he, I, looks, I, he looks Premier League quality to me. Yeah, mm. I, yeah, one hundred percent. I believe he um, he's gone back there. He can actually play for the. the, the, the I heard today, mm-hmm. I might be wrong. He can still play for Bristol City this season, so he's still in wow. Oh, really? Okay, I know
0: that.
3: Yeah, no. I might be wrong there. That's, That's why
0: he
3: I spoke to him yesterday. Um, He's still got some gear at my house. I've <laughs> proper scouser, me. But um, he's, Chris Marsh is B
4: and B again.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just love him. I, for me, I'd love to have played with him. He, he's sticking balls in behind full-backs and yeah. things that people don't see. and he, He's a very good player. But like I said, I think our midfield this season has been exceptional. Him, Shippers, Kelly. O'Hare, Zane, it has been outstanding. Um, and let's not forget Jamie Allen. Jamie Allen had yeah. a lot start of the season. Jamie's a good player and Jamie played in the Championship for a long time with um, Burton. So, yeah. our midfield was blessed. It was blessed. Um, and that's, I think, you know, the, the defence has been outstanding. But I yeah. think the midfield um, got us up, I do. Yeah.
2: I think players like Allen will almost be like a new signing next season because, you know, he was injured for quite a lot of this season and obviously he did get back in team and make a difference, but to have that sort of full pre-season and really hit the ground running, I think he could be a superb player for us next year.
3: Oh, he's a player, mate. You, you see me train, I'll say. There's six midfielders I've just said there and they can play and I, that's that's the engine for me. I think the the, the defence has been outstanding. They had two backs who've been outstanding, Dabo and um, Sam. Mm. But the second off Rosie... It's come from yeah. it. It's been outstanding. Yeah. Fadzi is proven. He's proven in in the championship. So he's he, he's pedigree. He, we, we know what you get off Fadge. He's an old schooler. Yeah. Um, but Dom Hoyam, he's one of them players that go under the radar. He, he I think the two seasons I've been here now, whatever. I I think he's outstanding. Uh, I, I just don't think he, he gets the recognition he, he deserves. He's a he's a proper player. He's a proper player. And then three at the back have been brilliant. They've been brilliant. So, you know, it's a team game. Everyone's been outstanding. But, uh, you know, uh, the midfield for me, that's six. Um, all fighting for the position. The, the beauty for me, they're all fighting for four places. Mm. And none of them have, you know, they're complaining their own way, don't they? Because they, they want to play. But yeah. I just think... That's Fought for it and 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 the energy uh, and the discipline of them. It's been
4: brilliant. It's brilliant. And that, that that for me is the driving force of where we got today. Yeah, I think I think Mark uh, Gaffer, shall we say, really uh, managed that managed that midfield really well, didn't he Obviously at the start of the season, it was more Westbrook shippers, and then he swapped it around and played Alan and O'Hare towards the end of the season. And swapping them around here and there just keeps everyone happy, doesn't it, Chris? Well, he does.
3: He does keeps them on the toes as well. And uh, yeah. we knew, you know, Kelly will hold the, hold that position really well. Liam Walsh, you know my feelings with him, best player for me. I think Dabo is player of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, best player um, has been Liam Walsh. I think he's, he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you'd hold them to position. And Shipley, like I said, very underrated for me. Ship Ship's come up with seven goals or something. Uh,
0: right.
3: Thirty eight, you know, whatever, whatever outstanding and I, I, I always think with shippers he's under the radar I, like i said before i think he's he's kind of he's young he's you know you, you're always a young player they kind of say hes young player. He, he's not he's played he's played 150 nearly 200 games he, he's a very, mm. very 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 good player
0: mm. uh,
3: and then technically Zane Westbrooks is probably as good as they get technically mm. I, I thought he started the season really really well and a little bit unfortunate to go out the side. But then you've got Callum O'Hare who's been sensational, and mm-hmm. that's the thing with Callum. Everyone loves him—staff, players, yeah. fans. We just want him to stop. Um, so I do you think, think that he will. Be... <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. It's a good question because yes, I do. Yes, I do. But obviously, I think um, he's got a lot of interest from elsewhere. He's got, he's, got, he's got a lot of interest. He's got a lot of things in his head, and you forget he's only a kid. He's still young, yeah. but as a person. And obviously as a player, he's lovely. He's lovely. Mm. And I think the lads would love, I think it would be a big boost if Callum stopped. I do. I think it would as well. He's got a lot of influence in the uh, dressing room. Mm. Um, Just everyone loves him. Just gets on with it. You've probably seen it. Yeah. The YouTube thing with his. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That was brilliant. Wasn't it? With the uh, ghetto blaster with the wig.
3: It's great. Everyone loves Callum. Yeah. I said to him, listen, listen. my only, listen, you can have my advice where you don't, but listen, the the fans love you, the players love you, the staff love you. Come on, come on. Let's leave it with him.
4: And he's going to play most Wink Weeks as well, Chris, which is just, he's not going to, he might not get that elsewhere like we've talked about, Bright.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And also, um, I don't know if you know, Dean Smith, the manager of Villa, uh, yeah. his, I was at Warsaw with him. He cleaned my boots actually, and he, he cleaned them really bad. But he. <laughs> uh, exclusive, right there. Exclusive. <laughs> and he knows. But he. Um, he called, I, I remember the game really well. He came the Tramier game where um, we wore the two tone kit for the first game. So I, I, I remember the game. And he said to me, Can you get me some tickets? I went, mean, Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to the club. Yeah, yeah, give me. he went in my, 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 my mace box juggie um so he watched the game and I said to him after I went up to see him quickly before he went I said what are you here for what you he went oh, I'm here to watch Callum I'm here to watch Callum I said okay you're not looking at any players or or whatever he went no 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 I'm here to, I'm here to watch Callum so I know uh Aston Villa or Dean Smith like Callum I know mm. that and they think highly of him so he said I'm not getting to that that's it that's I don't know anything else, but I just thought it was a nice touch for Villa to watch him because that's what big clubs are supposed to do, keep an eye on their young, promising players. And I thought that was mm. a good. But that's Dean all over. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I know they think highly of him. Um, so I, I don't know. You know as much as me. I don't know. Villa offered him something. You rejected it. I don't
4: know. I don't know. But mm.
3: well, I think he him, him joining would be a big boost for Coventry City this season. Yeah.
4: And talking of... Uh... Midfield players, and this is a different sort of midfield player. Michael Doyle, obviously, was there when you joined the club. Um, We had him on the podcast a few, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago. Um, What was, obviously, he like uh, as a a player and as a man around the changing room? And what was it like regarding his departure? Because it was in the middle of the season, wasn't it, Chris?
3: Yeah, well, Michael... I've uh, this is how old Michael is because he's I've played against him. I don't know what he would have been, Sheffield United, but I've played against Michael and I know all about Michael Doyle. <laughs> and, and funny enough, 80 Vyvash. Um, before I got the job, and I'm living around this area, this I'm black country through and through. You probably know my accent, but uh, I've lived in Warwickshire for 15 years. So, 80 Vyvash, when he went to cop, he went, Listen, anytime you want any tickets, bring Freddie, your son, you know. Uh, we'll we'll go watch the game. So I, I'd gone to a few games, and I, I went, "Bloody hell, Michael Donnelly! Jeez, I have played against Michael. Jeez, like, yeah. oh. So so obviously, when I got the job, my first day, and this is a sign of a, a genuine nice guy. He off kind of. I don't know if he knew. Viv might have said, "I'm coming in," but the first thing he did, he come over to me. He went, "I know who you are. I've played against you, Marshall And listen, I wish all the he's my number any problem mm. to it. So he ruled the dressing room, which a senior pro would. But I thought Michael was outst- outstanding to me, certainly. And yeah. I thought he led the dressing room really, really well, really well. And and what a player. Jeez, what a player. At his age, he was fantastic. And again, looking at that, when Michael Doyle goes, it's a massive void. It's mm. a massive, massive. And I mean, that's a proper void.
4: Yeah.
3: And you have to come away wave that. For me personally, because I got on with him really well, um, but as a team yes how you, do how'd you feel that how
2: mm. do you feel that gap you know we talk about sort of promising players and stuff like that and obviously the Sky is notoriously good at bringing young players through and you know we, we talked about players like Mad- Madders and people like that and McCallum um, just keen from your point of view who the sort of next couple of players are who are going to make the breakthrough into the first team
3: well do you know what you, you've, you've, you've got wilpa Parga a lot of teams mm-hmm. are looking and then you've got uh, Johnny Naganda, who's probably gone under the radar a little bit. He come with a massive reputation at 16. I yep. now believe Johnny, um, he's nearly 18 now, I think Johnny. But he's he's kind of dipped off a little bit. But he, the talent-wise in him, when they watch him train, he's, he's outstanding. Mm. Uh, you've got Aaron, they've just, they've just um, signed Aaron uh, Evans, Harry, mm. look out for him. Um, Morgan Williams who's been around um, Declan Drysdale I think all the lads there uh, are, are, have been brilliant and I think they might have more of a, a role to play this season especially pre-season because all, all the things that's got on um, and it's mucked up our schedule our training and everything I do believe that when pre-season games come uh, more of a chance of getting in season and showing the gaffer what they can do and hopefully impressing that much that it, include him um, in, in his plans for the season.
2: Yeah. What about um, Josh Eccles? Because amongst the yeah. fans, um, people saying that he's he seems like the next one to sort of break into the midfield. Yeah. What have you made of him?
3: Yeah, I, I've been a fan of Josh and he knows that. He knows I love him to death. Great left foot. He can ping it around. Yeah, he's got ability. Big ability. Mm. Season for him because you get to that age of 18, 19, 20 and, and you should be knocking on the door. You should be knocking on the door. Um, his quality itself, mm. the way he trains and conducts himself, he's got quality. I think, yeah, it's a big season for him and he should be in there. Um, yeah, I, I can understand why the fans think that because uh, he's a very, very good player. Yeah. And he he knock on the door this season without, without a doubt.
2: Yeah, we had a couple of glimpses of him earlier in the season, I think in a cup game and he he, he looked all right. Um, yep. just going back to, to kits, um, something that I've always been curious about, um, as a fan is kind of how it gets decided what kit we're going to wear. And the reason I asked this was I was thinking about it this season, actually, cause we, we played Ipswich away in the cup and wore the sky blue yeah. kit. And then we went back there in the league and wore the, wore the two-tone kit. So sort of how does it actually get decided? Does it have to be sort of approved by anyone? How does that work?
3: <laughs> yeah. The approval, the approval actually comes down to the gaffer oh really he he loves yeah he's got the final say really because he loves the sky blue okay that that makes a lot of sense yeah i don't mind telling you he didn't like the yellow so much but that's just preference Mm. love the two love the two though his preference he thought no i'd rather always play sky blue so a little story to tell you just before covid we plan, we plan all the games and you look, and he said, i go to Mike Reed's room and it's all on the board, the fixtures towards the end, so was it 12 games for the end, whatever, yeah. um, and the, there's numbers by the teams and it tells you what kit, one, two and three, one, he obviously is sky blue, two yeah. is yellow, yeah. and three is 2 tone and there's all these numbers, Mike said to me, you have to ask the gaffer, I said, okay, so I said, gaffer, you only went sky blue, sky blue, we're going sky blue, I said, yeah, he went, yeah, sky blue, so and there was one game I can't for the life of me remember what it was but it, ha- it couldn't be sky blue was it Tranmere me away by any chance or yeah probably it was something it was something so out of our last 12 games uh, one had to be two time had to be two time so we were going to go the last 12 games or 10 games whatever it, whatever it was was we were going to go sky blue so the answer to your question the gaffer the gaffer question. interesting um, little story i let out <laughs> Was we printed our first game um FA Cup was what Colchester away? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And what you do with FA Cup? is a new shirt, and yeah, oh, of course, put,
2: yeah, different badges,
3: yeah. You put the badge on the on the right sleeve FA Cup. So we did that, and we played who second round? Crystal Rovers. Yes, yeah. and because we printed it. <laughs> maybe <laughs> did you want to pay for another shirt? Oh, I'll leave you to, to guess on that. So they were like, "No, we we, we go, we're going sky blue, we're going sky blue. And he, he did cause a bit of hassle, but we were, out, and the ref cleared it. I mean, he cleared it. So we, 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 we go sky blue against Bristol Rovers, which seems a little bit strange on him, but we was, we know we're going sky. And, he, and again, it was that superstition thing about being lucky, um, As long as the ref clears it, you're okay. The ref has the report way before the game. You don't Mm. turn up and put that kit on. The ref goes, okay. So, yeah, he could have said no, 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 no. Then we go to Ipswich, and it was that superstition thing again. And because Mm -hmm. all the shirts are marked, we'll we'll go sky blue. So, it does kick up a lot of fuss. It does. The way way team can get fussy, um, but ultimately... It, the manager will say, "I want that kit because I'm superstitious." We're wearing that, yeah. and then it's up to the referee. If the referee says no, it ain't happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. You have to change it. Yeah. Well, we with the FA Cup, we go with two kits anyway. We'll go with um, the badged up sky blue. But if the ref on the day thinks no, you know we've got the second kit to 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 come in, and, and even though it's not badged up with the FA Cup, we'll we'll wear it. So we've got plan A, B, C, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, ultimately, the gaffer chooses. Um, but he's very superstitious. I'll give that Robbo very superstitious. Mm. He loves sky blue. He loves sky blue. So any chance we get, we'll wear sky blue. You're listening to
0: Sky Blues Extra.
2: Just to go into the kits a little bit more specifically, um, it's obviously been well documented how well they've actually sold among the fans. I think they were saying something like double or triple, you know, previous season sales, and even even globally with with some of the you know the two tone kit. Um, it seems like such a welcome change to have moved away from the, the templated kits we've have, had over the years with Nike and Puma. Um, from your perspective, how well have Hummel and the club done to to get this deal? Yeah,
3: it's good. It's the Hummel. Is, it, is that well, we were, mm. you know, Coventry fan, do you remember? But the FA Cup final, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's been it's been great, and I see um, what what you get with Coventry City. My my son is a Chelsea fan, but my son is born and bred in London, so I used to get tickets for eighty five as to watch Chelsea. So I, my son. All through, before I got him back involved in football, we were going down to watch Chelsea. So he's spoilt, you know, good seeds, blah, blah, blah. So Adi Viver said to me, um, prior to the playoff final um, and the checker trade, do you want to come to Cobb? Wembley? I said, yeah, it's a good day. I we'll go there. My my son being spoiled, was like, oh, well, well gee, all right. So he walks through Wembley and he looks around and he sees 60,000 Colby fans and he's like, Wow. Wow. Wow! He said, Dad, because he's a bit naive. Like, hey, where's these fans come? I said, listen, Coventry are a massive club. They are a massive... The fan base is phenomenal. And, and that aside, talking to the fans and the Hummel connection and the FA Cup, and remember Steve always was, was our coach as well last year. Oggy was great. Um, the Hummel thing's massive, isn't it? It is massive. Mm-hmm. It's massive. And I think that's where, as a club... You sell shirts and, and reminisce and go back to 87. And, and, and that's what it's all about. You've got to do that. And I think you applaud the uh, the club for that because the Hummel thing is a massive, massive connection. And like I tell my son, he thinks Chelsea's the be all and end all. You know, Coventry Football Club, you know, not many people take 55, 60,000 fans to, fans to Wembley. You know and I mean, so massive club. And I always say, I play for Warsaw. My career was 18 years. I played 15 years for Warsaw. Warsaw, unfortunately, their neighbours are West Brom, Wolves, Villa and Blues. They are massive, massive neighbours. Coventry, their neighbours, you put me right, lads, what, that's What Villa or Leicester, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as neighbours. It's a massive, massive community thing, and that's why I take me out often because they, they've got a massive following. Um and that's what you got to do: click into Hummel, get the FA Cup final shirts out, go back with Hummel. Mm. You know, sell. I believe, I, I do believe, I know the club shop has sold more shirts recently than ever. So you've got to pat the club on the back of the the, the back and applaud him because it's been a great, mm. great move.
2: Great move. I think the the key thing with it as well was. Because we've obviously had templated kits before, which just don't really have any identity. And obviously yes. this year, like from what we've heard, the club have had a lot more freedom to sort of decide what the what the design will be. Um and yes. you know, obviously gonna be the same for a few years to come. So it's just nice to be able to have that input and they can obviously create like a retro throwback, which you know will always sell well. People can see the identity in the shirt and it
3: just you can you can
2: tell why they've sold so many.
3: Absolutely. I think I mean when you look at the shirt. The retro bit and the the, the two tone has been phenomenal. Like you say, it's like they've been selling them in America. I have got mm-hmm. Wolves fans from back our Wolves and Albion fans that give me two tone. But like, yeah, fifty yeah. <laughs> So we don't get we don't get freebies. So it costs you fifty quid. Can you get it signed? Yeah, I can get it signed. But I, you know, you have to buy the sh- the shirt. So it's been unbelievable. The two-tone movement the specials and everything—it's—it's—it's it's, it's the best shirt third kit you'll ever get. Yeah? Oh, well, we go away and the, the the other kitman say, "Oh, can you get me a shirt? Can you? Get that? Can you send me one down. I will buy it, and it's a great response. How better to get Coventry more on the map than um, showing that two-tone shirt? Do you know what I mean? It's been brilliant. And the Sky Blue, uh, has been brilliant. You know, replicating the FA Cup—it's it, been great. It's been great. It's been great. I'm a fan of the yellow, by the way, but mm. as I say, Yeah, it's all right, the yellow. I like the, the yellow. Really, okay. Didn't really get much of a run out, did it, in the end? No, no. Again, the superstition bit of it um goes back to the, the manager. He, 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 he didn't dislike the yellow, but it, when you've won a right few games in Sky Blue, did he? Uh, it's, that, it's that superstition thing and he's like, no, sky, we're, go, we're going Sky Blue. I don't mm. care. Everyone says we're going Sky Blue. So, then you're weighing on the ref's report. So, he worked for us, didn't he?
4: He worked for us, didn't it? Yeah, certainly did. So, what do you know? Obviously, then the plans for next season's kit, and can we expect another retro remake, or are you unaware of what the kit will be next season, Chris?
3: Andy, Tom, I'm I'm unaware. I don't I don't see it. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I really don't. This this year with this kit, I didn't see it. Um, in fact, there was a, there's a problem with the delivery, and I had to go to uh, uh, DHL and to fetch it, and it was all top secret. <laughs> so I never even seen it then. he come back, and it was guarded, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. no, I have no input whatsoever. I don't mm. even know. I don't even tell me. I think he's from the top level. That's fair enough. That's, that's, yeah, I, yeah
2: that's, that's fair enough,
3: yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get involved with the colour um nothing for me personally the two-tone for me would always be your third kit sky blue obviously the first one whatever design that will be but i think they've got to stick with the third but whether they I do i don't it. know no, yeah.
4: i don't i don't i really don't know which i could which i could yeah the third the third kit's just timeless isn't it it's timeless it's iconic mm. yeah
3: it you'll, is. Always sell it, you'll always sell it won't you, you know, yeah so they've had a lot of interest from america yeah, and buying it so it's it's timeless, it's, it's yeah. a no brainer as a
4: business, you know.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that, Chris. I think they should just keep that as the third next season, definitely. 100, yeah. Um, and I just want to clear up a rumor here because I this was something I actually talked about on a previous podcast. Um, I was at a game a few seasons back, it's probably before you were at the club, Chris, but it was a Tuesday night and we were against a team in dark blue and we were wearing the sky blue kit. Yeah. Um. And someone stood behind me said that it was because the away kit was in the wash, and I don't know if this is just complete and utter pub talk or whether there is some truth in that.
3: Nah, it's pub talk, mate. It's, it's, <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, because obviously on a on a on the, the role of a kit man, which which I obviously was new to two years ago, but obviously I've learned is that you come back from a game on a Saturday and to get ahead of yourself. That's the name of the game in this game is to get ahead of yourself. So me personally, I don't have to do i I'd, I On a Saturday, I'd wash the kit. So by the time I'm unloading my van, I would wash the kit, what they've played in. Um, and on the back of that, you've still got the two spare kits, two-tone and yellow in this instance, in the back room, all washed and everything. So you'd wash that 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 home kit, um, leave it to dry. Then I'd be in on a Sunday. So by Sunday, everything's turned around, and I do believe that's the working of every kit, man. So come Monday morning, you've got every kit available, washed, dried, everything. So, no, it'd be near impossible to go to a Tuesday game without mm. some washed or it. It'd be impossible. It'd thought, be impossible. Yeah, I thought it might be.
2: People do yeah. sort of spout the odd bit of nonsense at the games. So that that's that kind yeah. makes sense.
3: <laughs> you you can you can you can get you know clash. Like I said, you can you can get a referee say yes, it's okay to wear that kit. And then we've had it with us. You get down on, you get on the day. And went, oh no no no! What else you got? It happened to us. I will tell you what, it happened to us. Bristol Rovers away in the league. He he okayed. Um, Sky blue, because Gaffer wanted it superstition. We get down there and Mike Reed actually to me, take two tone just in case. Mm. So we took down and he went, No, sky blue, no. What else you got? Two-tone. And he was half with the two-tone. They 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 can't get fun. It. Of. And he was like, Oh, what you got? I said, Well, I ain't brought the third. Okay, there's two. It's two. He went, Oh, two-tone. So, you know, that's the story there. They can agree something you get there and they're gonna change it. So Mm. To try and plan for both scenarios, but yeah, yeah, the story of Wash, no, no, yeah, n- fair no. enough. But and- I agree with the ref can change it in two seconds,
0: mm. and he
3: and he's got in that situation. They always say, oh, "I've got the assessor upstairs." Yeah, yeah okay. So he has to. <laughs> that flashes. That's not great. Whatever. So yeah, yeah, you have to avoid what he says to be fair on the day. So it can it can change.
2: Mm. I think you've probably already answered this question by talking about Mark Robbins' superstition but I, I presume we don't commercially have to wear the kits a certain t- number of times a year or is that something perhaps in the Premier League that's that's the case
3: do, do you know what you've probably got a point there um, we didn't this season uh, no he'd go with Sky Blue but I do believe yes there is certain and it's not always Premier League it's our league as well I, I think really yeah some, um, things in contracts that you have to wear in certain times. Yeah. I I, I do, but I don't mean tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know, but I do believe, I think the yellow, we had to wear at least five times. I think something like that. Mm -hmm. Five times. The two-tone. No, I don't think there was anything off that because it was that popular. Anyway, it was up to us. So, but the answer to the question is, yeah, there, there, there is clauses. Yeah. Yeah. There would be, there would be not what I knew this season, but I might be wrong, but, um, yeah, there's certain things. Yeah, that's that's a correct um, uh, question, mate. Yeah,
4: yeah, couple of final questions, uh, Chris. Um, what is Mark Robbins like as a manager, for example? What is he like on a match day?
3: Mark, um, the, the reason we was successful, I think, because we Mark and um, Viv, they, yeah. uh, th- they were really well together. Because, like I said before, he'll tell him if he thinks he's wrong, and vice yeah. versa. So they're two different characters as well. Um, mm. what do you what do you get with Mark? He, he, he's that he's very strict. Um he's the boss, he'll make sure you know <laughs> you know he's yeah. the boss. But then there's the lighter side. I remember um we've uh, Wes Jabello, he just signed. Uh, am I allowed to swear on here or not? No. Yeah, go on. Yeah no worries, carry on. So so Jabello signed. So there's the lighter side of Robo. So he signs. Jabello and I'm down in, in, in the medical room with him, and he, I'm there with Max, Jabello doesn't speak one word of English, not one, so Max, <laughs> he almost with him, so he goes, uh, uh, I said, oh, I'm going to talk to Gibello, I did, uh, pigeon French, I'm not really good, but I said to Max, go play along with this, I said, okay, so I said, tell him that when he meets the manager in England, to say hello, the, the major greeting is uh, and I'll swear here, he's a fuck you fuck off. A, <laughs> it's a really it's a really good saying. And he looked at me Max like no. I said, No, 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 Max, one. I said, and, and what what is that in French? And he, he tells him and he's off trying to laugh. And in French it's uh vadufaireum coolie or something. So so I said, yeah, yeah, you tell the manager. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I swear. So I said to Max, don't tell him. He said, okay, okay. So it was the next day. And I said to Max, when I see the manager coming, I'm coming down the corridor. I've got to watch this. <laughs> so he calls Max, it's called me. Went, ah, it's cool, it's cool. Manager walks down there. Now, the manager rules, you know, like a non-iron fish, but, he, you know, yeah. you need a bit of humour, don't you? So you walk down the corridor and, and Jabello's come out. He's gone, ah, he's ah, coming. And he, the manager goes, all right, where's he went? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck off. And you, oh. <laughs> and he looked at him, and I thought, oh no. And I'm, I'm crying. And he went, uh, uh, you met Marsha then, and walked on. So <laughs> there's that bit of humour. He, he, he goes with it. Um, but other than that, you know, he, he's boss, he's boss, he's boss, and he'll boss it. And he, he's been brilliant in the way he's gone about things. And then the other side of it is Adi is, is Vives and the coaching with him with, with the gaffer mm. combined. It works well, it works well. So, yeah. but match day, it's 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 a stressful time, is it? To be a manager, you know, I, my job in stressful, all I could do is go and help the lads and and go round and wish him all the best and G him up and all the other coaches do that but you know when it comes to the nitty gritty that's where Mark Robbins comes into his home doesn't he so yeah. he prepares them right they go out and do it so it's like anything crooks before a big meeting, a businessman to be a little bit on edge wouldn't he and that's what you get yeah. with Mark Robbins and, but it's, it's thankfully this season it's worked well hasn't because <laughs> yeah. many times he's come away from away grounds and, and home games and we, we've got the win under the belt which makes life easier
4: Easy. And is he and in in the changing rooms? um, Is he a bit of a can he can he lose his call cool or is he more calmer or does it depend on the situation? He,
3: as a whole, um, he's calm, but he can yeah. lose it like anyone. I've been in again. I'm going back old school. Um, yeah. One of the managers I mentioned earlier, Chris Nicholl, he was frightening. But we're going back old school. He'd hit you. So you go from and Mark Robbins would have seen that with Alex Ferguson. All of old he would have. Yeah. He'd have seen that. You can't do that to them. We're going back mental health and all that earlier mm-hmm. on. You can't do it these days. It's, it's you can't do that. Um I think he's got a good, uh, happy medium, uh, Robo with it. I think he comes across really well, obviously, because we're successful. And then yeah. with the backup of, um, Vivash as well. Um it's been outstanding. Um, he's got a very, very happy medium with it, mate. He, he can oh yeah, he can lose it. He answers your questions. Yeah, yes, yes. But I think you need that, don't you?
4: You need you that. Oh, definitely. If someone's not doing it, then you need to be told. Definitely, 100%. 100%. So he's got that in him. So also, good. I think the thought the fans also respect Mark Robbins is that after the games, when he comes out and speaks to the press, he's very honest. If if we've not played well, he won't you know brush it up like a lot of managers do and, and try and put it under the carpet. He will say, we didn't play well enough today. And he's very honest in that. And I think fans really appreciate that kind of insight onto the games when he's honest and factful.
3: Well, the, uh, honesty is always the best way, and not it? not you, you can't shoot yeah. out yeah. a bad performance, can you? You know what I mean? No. He, a lot
4: do, Chris. A lot do, don't
3: they? Yeah, yeah. No, he he would be in the dressing room. He, believe you me, he'd slay them. He'd slay them. Yeah. Slay them. Mm. They need to know. But, you know, if you're an honest professional, you know yourself anyway. I yeah. When I played, you look in the mirror. You look in the mirror. And what I used to do... Again, go back to Chris Nichol, who's the best manager i played under. He'd mm. say, you've got to look in the mirror and, and, and think about your game. Only for 10, 15 minutes. Where where can you improve? What did I do wrong? Um, what can make me better? Uh, and then forget it. Forget it. Forget it. And get on with working on, on, a, on a Monday on it and where you can improve. And I think ro- Robo's like that. Robo's like that. You know, we'd let it go and let, let's go again. And uh, AD Vive actually is very good at that, though, because he can pick you up and... Um, and get going against. That's where they work well. But like you say, if you haven't played well, you deserve a rollicking. You deserve a rollicking. Mm. Uh, but they, they, they do that really well. But again, like I said, this season has been so good. Maybe looking at it, was it um, Rotherham away? We were poor. That was mm. the only game I think we never turned up. Mm. Uh, we lost against Trammy. We shouldn't have. uh can't think of the other game. We lost shoes be away. Oh, last minute rubbish. But, you know, we turned up against all the top sides, home and away. And that's what gets you promotion. We played really, really well against mm. the top teams when it mattered. And that's what got us promotion. Mm.
2: Yeah. And on, on a final note, really, Chris, obviously, as you just mentioned, we've had an absolutely terrific season, obviously getting promoted as champions. Just wanted to get your perspective on it and, and kind of understand if there was a point where you personally thought we were going to go up or, you know, and also, did you sort of sense it from the lads when they felt like the job was sort of nearly done?
3: Well, I think he, the, the three defeats I just mentioned are poor, poor results really, and no disrespect to Shrewsbury, Tranmere, Rotherham may be away, but we never ever got going, and it's about bouncing back from them results, and we, we bounced back straight away and got results, so that's a good, a good sign of a good side. But then you get into Christmas, and I always say being an ex-pro, you know, get after Christmas. The new year, you kind of see where where you're at, where you're at and where you're going to finish. Uh, It's a true look at it from an ex-pro looking at it. And you get into January, you think, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. And we're picking up results. And I think, stating the obvious here, but our last two results against Sunderland home Ipswich away. Um, we didn't know what was around the corner with coronavirus. But I'm telling you, them two results there, thank God anyway, with six points on the table, um, stood us in good stead. Because what was endearing about all this stuff that's gone on, um, I've got good friends at Ipswich, the goalkeeping coach, Jimmy Walker, and a few people. All of them, when all this arguments going on about PPG and all this, and good, all of them went, you know what, Kov, forget them, they're mm. up. Get them there. which was really endearing, and, and even Peterborough's a chairman who had a day, even yeah. he said, forget Coventry, forget them, they're done, and I thought that was really good, but that's a true reflection of how our season went and how we played and how we conducted ourselves and where we was, but the answer to your question would, would be yes. I think um home against Sunderland beating them and then mm. going to Switch. If you see the celebrations, we're all singing our, our anthem, which is Sweet Caroline, Neil yeah. Diamond. I actually said to one of the young lads, Neil Diamond, legend. He went, who does he play for? So <laughs> Brilliant. That's what I'm up against. Neil Diamond's a legend. But anyway, that's our that's our anthem. So we were singing that after the game. That's not us being cocky. Uh, but that was like our call of, you know what? You know, we can do this. We can do that. And I thought, I, I, I did think Peterborough, Oxford, Rotherham, all of them, Saying that Coventry deserved to go up, is he, a true reflection of, of the league. And fair dues to them, fair dues to, them. but we was we was. There, there's no question there. Mm. We were best side in the league. But um, ongoing uh, Christmas onwards, definitely. Let's have it. I thought January was a great month. Um, unbeaten, weren't we? When was the last time we got beat? Was it December? Yeah, 14th of December, I think. On a roll. On a yeah, roll. We
2: obviously stormed it, didn't we? From from then yeah. on, really.
3: Our only concern was if we finished, because we didn't know COVID would, would do us for three months. Our, our thing was we'd be back in three weeks or whatever. whatever. Um, but our feeling, our belief would be we'll steamroll anyone. Uh, the only mm. concern would, be would have been the longer it went, if we had to go back, the thing we would have missed was momentum, uh, which we had in abundance. But i would still confident we could steamroll. Not um, mm. we'll steamroll, get get to the finish Get to the finish but we would have gone up we're going up but yeah yeah, I, yeah the last two games was a sign for me to say that nah, you know we, we're going we're going and it couldn't have happened to a, a better bunch of lads staff everything It's just been a really really good season and um you know I'm, I'm really proud to say I'm a, a part of that and then uh, mm. <laughs>
2: mm. Chris I'm sure we could chat all night and you know ask you loads more cliche kitman questions but it's been fantastic <laughs> to have you on the show to share your story um, no, and i'd just like to say on behalf of the commentary fans and the sky blues extra listeners um, a massive thank you for your hard work behind the scenes i think the players and manager often get a lot of credit but you know people like you are a vital cog in the club's success
3: no thank you i've uh, been a commentary fan overnight i think uh my allegiance will always be with my, my my love, Warsaw, because I played so many games for them. But you know, I fell in love with the club only because massive fan base, players have been outstanding, the staff has been brilliant. So it's been a journey for me. It's been a, it's been a like a kind of quick two years, but I've I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it, and it is to more success in the uh, in the championship.
2: And listeners, don't forget, you can join in the conversation on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Just make sure you use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Extra
0: Podcast.
4: Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.